All right, so just a little caveat at the beginning. There's a few films that I have not yet seen, so they will not be on my list. And those include uh, The Woman King, Tar, Black Panther 2, Triple R, The Whale, and Till. So I still want to see those. I want to, uh, most of those will most likely uh, be nominated for some Oscars. So uh, before the Oscar, the Oscars will be in March this year, uh, sometime in March. So before those awards are handed out, I will try to see all of those and tell you guys what I think. But uh, as of now, for my top 10 list of 2022, I have not seen these. Um, and then there are some honorable mentions um, that also did not make my list. Uh, I thought they were good, but not uh, good enough to be in my top 10. And those are uh, Hustle, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Jordan Peele's Nope, the uh, remake or re-adaptation of All Quiet on the Western Front, The Fablemans, and Avatar Way of Water. Uh, so all of those films I thought are, were worthy of mention but did not make my top 10 of my favorite films of 2022. So I'm going to give uh, my top 10, but they're not in any particular order. These are just my 10 favorite films of the year. Um, so just starting off at number one is Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. This film is on Netflix. Uh, so everyone who knows anyone who has Netflix should be able to watch this fairly easily. Um, it is a fantastic film. It is deeply emotional. It's way better than that Tom Hanks geppetto disney remake of the of the anim, disney animated uh version this um this version of pinocchio is uh much more dark uh much more adult uh deals with serious themes like the death of a child uh alcoholism uh obsession war um, it is it is a quintessential Guillermo del Toro film. Uh, I think it's his best film. It's way better than The Shape of Water, which he won the Oscar for, in my opinion. Um, it's uh, it has his aesthetic, it has his feel, it has his emotion and his care uh, for the characters, even though these characters may be. Um, despicable people. They may be um, horrendous monsters. They may be these terrifying looking creatures, but he treats them all with such dignity and respect as people and as characters that um, it is, uh, it's, it's a quintessential Guillermo del Toro film. So it's his most fully realized film of his vision. And the fact that they did it stop motion animation that it took them five years to film all of this. It's just an incredible accomplishment of cinema, and I highly, highly recommend it to anyone who enjoys art on any level. Um, and if I were to rank these, this would probably be my number one film of the year, so definitely check it out. Um, and then my next film in my top 10 is The Menu with Rafe Fiennes and Anya Taylor-Joy and Nicholas Holt. Uh, it's a very weird movie. It's uh, it's a satirical comedy about the food about foodies and about um, the world of gastronomy and like 
that high class kind of uh, like celebrity chef type of world. Um, and it is, it has a lot of dark humor. Um, it's scary at moments. Uh, and it has moments where you aren't sure if you're supposed to laugh, uh, but you laugh anyway because you don't know how else to express the emotion you're feeling. Um, the performances are great. It's extremely unique and uh, visually stunning, even though it only takes place essentially in this dining room and kitchen of this highfalutin fancy restaurant. Um, it's a very tight script, it's very contained, um, and the ending is just incredible. Uh, and then the next film in my top 10 is The Banshees of Inishirin, uh with Colin Firth. I think he's most, he's one of the top favorites to get um, the uh, Oscar for uh, Best Leading Actor. Uh, so Banshees of Inishirin is essentially an allegory for the Irish Civil War where these two Irishmen on this island um, are friends and then one of them decides he doesn't want to be friends with the other one anymore. So, and that's basically it and then the fallout from that. Um, so it's, it's a very weird movie and it has a lot of that, um, that Irish like dark humor where um, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. It's, it's extremely dry humor, um, but there's a lot of dramatic moments in it, and there's a lot of very serious moments in it too, and it's just a very unique film, um, and Barry Kagan, Keegan, I don't know how to say his last name. Uh, anyway, he gives um, a terrific performance as well. Brendan Gleeson uh, also uh, is a very good actor in this film and he gives uh, a wonderful performance wouldn't be surprised if either of them got nominated for supporting actor uh, and then my next film is Athena so if you haven't seen Athena you probably haven't seen it you probably haven't heard of it it is a French film it is on Netflix and the sole reason I put it on the list is because of the first 20 to 25 minutes um, is essentially shot in one shot but it's not like you know Birdman or 1917 where people are just walking around on the ground and you're just seeing what's happening and it's you know kind of seen as like in a, a long one take um, the the way that they did this is that so the story is that there's one brother who's um, in the police department in France there's another brother who who um, attacks the police department and leads a raid on this police station. And the, the first 20 to 25 minutes is just all in one shot of this raid going on. And it's, it's incredible the way that they move the camera through the hallways and then, uh, you know, it takes it up on a drone shot and then the drone flies into, uh, into a room and then it flies out the window and then it goes into the back of a truck and all these people are jumping on the truck and the truck is driving down the road and you know then it's on a steady cam and they walk it out into this into these apartment buildings and it's just this incredible incredible cinematography um, they have a making of documentary of it on um, on Netflix as well um, and it's 
it's some of the best cinematography I've seen in years. Um, and the Academy Award for cinematography was made for films like this. It hasn't been getting a lot of hype. It's probably not even going to get nominated, but it is the best cinematography I've seen in years. So definitely check it out. Uh, it's on Netflix. All right, and then my next film is uh, Prey, the kind of prequel, sequel, soft reboot of um, of the Predator series. It takes place in the American West with Native Americans. Um, I did a review on it, so go check out the review episode. It's very unique. Very, it's a perfect way to to reboot a franchise and to kind of put a new spin on an old topic. Um, so if you want to hear any more of my thoughts on Prey, definitely go check it out on, uh, on check out my episode on uh, Prey. It's on Hulu. It was released on Hulu. I don't know why it didn't get released in theaters because I think it would have made a lot of money at the box office, but I talk more about that in my episode. So just go check out my episode on Prey. All right, so we're halfway through. Um, so the next film is Elvis, starring Austin Butler. Uh, and this one, you know, uh, Priscilla, Priscilla Presley just died. Um, so I feel like this one is going to get a lot more attention than it already was. Um, but this, this film is Austin Butler's movie. Austin Butler as Elvis, you know, there's sometimes when an actor is portraying a real-life person, and you can tell it's like an impersonation. And Elvis uh, is probably one of the most impersonated people of all time, one of the most impersonated celebrities, you know, kind of uh, made fun of and kind of talked down about a lot just because of his, you know, his southern accent and his... It's very... It's, everybody does an Elvis impersonation. You know, it's like Sean Connery or Arnold Schwarzenegger. Everybody's got one, uh, and most of them are no good. And sometimes those no good ones end up in films. But this is not that. Uh, Austin Butler channels Elvis. He becomes Elvis. He even gave his acceptance speech for the Golden Globe recently in the Elvis voice. You know, he's like still embodying that character. Like he got so deep into the character that he's not even come out of it yet. Um, so, you know, I, and Tom Hanks... Uh, who plays Colonel Tom Parker. I don't know what he was doing in this movie. He was in a different film. He's playing a cartoon character. Um, but if you're going to see this film, you know, it's on HBO Max. Definitely go, definitely, you know, check it out just for Austin Butler's performance. It's an incredible, incredible performance. Um, you know, the likes of like Joaquin Phoenix playing Johnny Cash or uh, Jamie Foxx playing Ray Charles. It's, you know, it's in, it's in that vein. Um, so definitely, definitely check it out. All right, and then my next film is uh, The Black Phone, which is an adaptation of a Joe Hill novel. Uh, and if, for those of you who don't know, Joe Hill is the son of Stephen King, uh, the famous horror writer. And, you know, he's had a lot of adaptations of his work. Joe Hill is also a writer, a novelist. And uh, he wrote, I don't know if it's a novel or a short story. I think it's a novel. Um, but he uh, uh, wrote this, this story called The Black Phone. Um, and 
the reason this movie is on my list is because of Ethan Hawke's performance. You know, it takes, um, the, the story is good. Uh, it's not really scary, but you can definitely, um, get the, it has the same feel of a Stephen King adaptation, which makes sense because it's written by his son. But, um, for Ethan Hawke's performance, he does it mostly with a mask on. So you can't see his face, you know, and the mask changes, you know, depending on his mood. Sometimes the mask is smiling. Sometimes it's frowning. Sometimes it's just covering his eyes. Sometimes it's just covering his mouth. And, you know, sometimes it's a full mask. It covers everything. Um, and the guts, to, you know, and the, um, you know, not a lot of famous movie stars or famous actors, um, would agree to do a film where they don't show their face. Um, you know, the first one that comes to mind is Carl Urban. When he played Dredd, he, um, when he played Judge Dredd in the movie Dredd, he had his face covered completely. It just, his mouth was, was visible for the whole film. And this is a similar performance from Ethan Hawke. Um, even without the, uh, changing of the mask and everything through his, uh, through his tone of voice, you can, you can hear his performance. You could see it in his eyes and you can feel the emotion of this person, uh, who's kidnapping these kids. And it's just, it's, it's incredible. It's a stellar performance from behind a mask the whole time, essentially. So, uh, definitely check it out. Uh, it came out a while ago too. So I'm sure it's on some streaming service somewhere on, uh, I don't, know, I don't think it's on Netflix, but I'm sure you could get it, you know, you could rent it cheap from, from Amazon Prime or something. Um, so definitely check it out. And then uh, the number eight film on my list is Top Gun Maverick. I saw this film when it came out in theaters, uh, Memorial Day, uh, with my family. My parents came to town uh, for vacation. And just, I mean, I don't know what to say about this movie a lot because... Um, I'm sure most of you have seen it. It's like the number, like six highest grossing film of all time. So, um, you know, everybody is uh, basically everybody's seen it, but it's a fantastic film. Tom Cruise gives a great performance. Um, and he, uh, has some, definitely some, some, uh, some meat to chew on. There's some meat on the bone for his character. He's not just playing Tom Cruise. You know, he's embodying this character of Maverick and the fact that he did all his own fighter jet flying and that um, all all of those moments with um, with Val Kilmer and Jennifer Connelly, like he actually had some true emotional moments that he had to play, that he actually had to act, that he's not just being Tom Cruise doing these big, crazy stunts. Um, you know, so... I expect him to get a nomination for the Oscar for the uh, Best Lead Actor. Uh, even though he did not get a SAG nomination, I think he is one of the frontrunners to win up there with uh, Brendan Fraser in The Whale or Colin Farrell in uh, Banshees of Inishirin. Uh But the real uh, star of this movie, of Top Gun Maverick, is The Planes. It's the the fighter, the fighter jet scenes, you know, the dog fights, the mission that they have to go on, the fact that these were real planes going through real canyons and 
you know, the fact that they used the sun as their primary light source and just all the, um, the logistics and the technical aspects that goes into making sure that the actors, um, that the actors' faces are lit right and that they're flying right. And, you know, they had to check weather reports and, the you know, and stuff like that. And all of the, the, in, you know, intensive, um, kind of technical uh, abilities of the cinematographer and the sound people and the lighting people and the electricians and everybody involved. It's just, it's just an incredible achievement of cinema and it's definitely worthy of all the praise it's getting. It's worthy of all the box office returns it's got. It's worthy of all the awards it's gotten and going to get. <clears throat> so, you know, it's, I think it's finally streaming. Um, but the, um, the real specialness of, of this film is the fact that they, they had it ready uh, to be put out in like 20, like early, it was going to come out like May of 2020. And then the pandemic hit and then the studio was, you know, uh, everyone, everyone was hurting for content. They were, you know, ramping up their streaming services because everyone was stuck at home. No one was going to the theaters. Theaters were closed and all of that. Um, and the fact that they had the patience to wait that, you know, uh, the studio wanted to put it on streaming. They wanted to put it on Paramount Plus, but uh, Tom Cruise believed in it so much that he told them to wait. And I think it was a fantastic decision for them to wait because the you have to see this. This is one of those films like Avatar or Star Wars or something that you you really get the full experience if you see it in the theater. If you see it with the on the biggest screen with the loudest speakers. Um, I just think it's, you know, just a fantastic film uh, to see in that kind of a format. All right, we're getting to the end. I know this is a long episode, but thanks for sticking with me. Um, so my next film is Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Um, you might wonder why such a cheesy, corny, kind of over-the-top kids movie is on my, on my list. But honestly, I just had a lot of fun watching this film. I've seen it so many times. My son loves it since it's come out on streaming. I think it's on, uh, I think it's on Prime Video for free. Like, you know, if you have Amazon Prime, which basically everyone does, you can just watch it for free. And we've watched it so many times. I did go to see it in theaters when it came out. Um, and I just love um, the fact that it's a good movie that you can take your family to. It's a good family movie, uh, but it doesn't, it's not stupid, you know, like the Minions movie or, you know, something like that. Um, it's, it doesn't rely on dumb jokes or, um, you know, childish humor. It has um, a lot of really great callbacks to, um, to the games and references and, you know, things like that. There's a snowboard level, you know, he, there's an under there's a or a snowboard scene not a snowboard level there's like a uh a scene in a you know in an underground or an underwater temple there's an underwater scene where he sucks the bubble up when he's about to drown <clears throat> and stuff like that and there's a lot of callbacks to the games and stuff but they don't but it's not pandering to the fans it's fan service but it doesn't pander to uh 
to the fans and it doesn't rely on that to kind of create this, um, create the narrative or it doesn't rely on that to, uh, you know, hit the big emotional punches. Um, so that, that's why it's on my list. All right. And then my last one, number 10 is the Batman. I think Matt Reeves is one of the best directors out there today. He, um, does great work and he definitely draws on, um, you know, David Fincher seven for this film. And I think all of the, all of the performances are great. You know, who would have thought that the Twilight boy, Robert Pattinson could be a good Batman, you know, that he could play a good Bruce Wayne, a very tortured young version of Bruce Wayne. Um, you know, Andy Serkis as Alfred is great. Um, you know, Paul Dano is the Riddler. Fantastic. He's had an incredible year. And also, um, Colin Farrell as the Penguin, you know, as Oswald Cobblepot. I mean, he's he's had an incredible year as well with Bans- Banshees and also the Batman. And apparently they're going to do like a spinoff series on HBO Max with Colin Farrell as the Penguin. It's going to be like a Penguin series. But, you know, if that actually ends up getting made, I'm, I'm all for it because he completely transforms himself um, to be, you know, to become the Penguin. And he, you know, it's a lot of that probably has to do with the makeup and the prosthetics and stuff. But, you know, what he does with his voice and with his eyes, you know, he just completely transforms and becomes that character. Um, and even, you know, John Turturro, uh, he gives a great performance. And I don't know, just to kind of wrap up here, I just think that 2022 um, hasn't really gotten us back to where we were pre-pandemic, but it's definitely a step in the right direction. You know, it was a great year for film. It was a great year. A lot of great performances, a lot of good blockbusters, a lot of good indies, um, you know, just a good mix of different types of films being recognized this award season. So, um... I'm excited to see um, what the nominations are going to be for the Oscars. They come out in like a couple weeks or next week or something. They come out here very soon. So definitely keep an eye open for my thoughts on that for an episode on the Oscars. Uh, The winners in March. Um, And I just want to thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for sticking with me through this, uh, this long episode. But I just wanted to give a recognition to my top 10 films of 2022. So uh, thank you guys again for listening so much. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes. Um, and check out my my blog at 1001filmblog.wordpress.com. And also follow me on Twitter at SMG Reviews. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I will catch you next time.